2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show will check in with Louis Riddick of The Mothership, former NFL player, now an analyst, and he is at Bryce Young's Pro Day that starts at 1130 Eastern. He was at C.J. Stroud's Pro Day yesterday. We'll get his thoughts. Feels like everybody from Carolina was there, including the owner and his family. But from what I'm told, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, also going to Bryce Young's Pro Day, Will Levis's Pro Day. I'm guessing going to Anthony Richardson's Pro Day. He wants to be involved in that decision. Sweet 16 today. Michigan State started out as an underdog against K-State. Now, according to DraftKings, They are giving one and a half. Arkansas getting four and a half. Uh, Florida Atlantic getting five against Tennessee. And Gonzaga is getting one and a half against UCLA. So the uh, Sweet 16 tipping off a little bit later on. John Morant back for the Grizzlies, came off the bench and uh, played 24 minutes, had 17 points. Also, the Jets went out and got McCole Hardman from the Chiefs. And can you guys give me the numbers on him? How many catches does he average per year? And I don't know if this is somebody Aaron Rodgers wanted, if he was on the list. I don't know if this means they're not going to go after OBJ, but they do have a pretty impressive group of wide receivers right now. Yeah, Paulie?
1: He was a little banged up last year, but he he played in eight games. Going back to 2021, he started eight games. He kind of rotated in. He had 60 catches and uh, two touchdowns. Okay.
4: I would much rather have Elijah Moore. But once again, felt like Elijah Moore wanted out. Uh, yes,
5: Marv? No, not in my head. I'm with you completely. But, but Hardman, I think Elijah Moore definitely wanted out, though.
1: Hardman played a big-time offense, played with a big-time quarterback. But and, he didn't play that much. Well, maybe this is his chance to earn a big contract. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, okay. he's the kind of guy who's been waiting for his spot behind Hill and Kelsey. Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
4: I, I just uh, Elijah Moore, I think, is a star. Uh, was that old miss? And it, you know, he got traded, and I'm like, okay. But you got Lazard, uh, Hardman, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson. So they do have some good receivers here. And I, but I don't know who was officially on Aaron Rodgers' list. Poll
6: question for the final hour, Seton O'Connor is. Maybe we'll do something off the first pick of the draft since that seems to be changing a bit. All right. Uh, we could go with, with the first pick of the NFL draft. The Carolina Panthers will select hmm. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, other. Okay. Uh, unless you think we should put in uh, – who's my guy from Florida? That I'm, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at these numbers with
4: Hardman. 25 catches, 59, 41, 26. Okay. I just know he's fast. That's all anybody ever says. He's fast. Okay. <laughs> Can you catch? Can you run routes? Can you stay healthy? Like small things that I would want in my wide receiver here. Uh, let me know when uh, Lewis is set to join us their time. Should be any minute. Okay. Uh, Shannon, in, yes, he, do you have something?
6: I did, but you could go to Shannon. Okay. I can
4: hold this. All right, Shannon in Indiana. Hi, Shannon. What's on your mind?
3: What's going on, DP? Danette. Hope you all are doing well. We are. Thank you. Hey, I got a uh, suggestion for you. You with the moonshine, tailgate moonshine? Yeah. How about a good corn liquor for all of us older guys? Okay. Just a good old corn liquor.
4: So, like, so pure moonshine. Correct, sir. Okay. Temp down, of course.
3: Temp down. You know.
6: Okay. All but,
4: right. All right. I'll take that under advisement here, Shannon. By the way, we had a little sample of watermelon moonshine that we're uh, making. That's that's coming up this summer. We had that yesterday. And it's good. Had a little heat. We did. Had a little heat. And then it had that. The aftertaste was watermelon. Now, we have the azalea coming out, I believe, at the beginning of April. That might be the best one we've had so far. And it's the one that I went in with no expectations. Because I thought, I don't know what azalea tastes like. It tastes pretty damn good. It's nice to go to a job and I go, hey, guys, you can't go home yet. Why? What are we going to do? We got to taste some moonshine here. Paulie and Seaton and I, we were out in the kitchen. I was
1: getting ready to leave. You know. Like, hey, Paul, real quick. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. what I said, are we doing?
4: Yeah, Paulie, you got to stay. I, I got to go. Uh, we're having moonshine. All right, all right, I'll stay.
1: Turns out I got time.
4: Yes. And so we add a little bit of watermelon moonshine. Uh, that'll be coming out later on this summer. So we'll give you all the details about that so you can uh, you can place an order. He's Lewis Reddick. He's a busy guy. He's set to join us and uh, at Bryce Young's Pro Day, and that'll be at the bottom of the hour. Also, Will Levis, Kentucky's pro day, that's going to be tomorrow. But yesterday, it was all about C.J. Stroud and his pro day, and feels like there's a, a foregone conclusion that that's the number one quarterback in the draft. Lewis joining us now. What did you think going in, and what did you think going out of C.J. Stroud's pro day?
0: That's a great question. Look, going in, I man, I always liked C.J. because of his... His calmness in the pocket, his ability to win in the pocket, his size, his accuracy, his decision making, how the people at Ohio State had told me that this was a guy who was a high level processor. He was not someone who was just benefiting from being around great players and a good scheme and and you know, he didn't have to have, you know, really do a whole lot on his own within that scheme in order to make it work. So I, I believed all of that when I was told that and then watching him play on tape and then seeing him yesterday, I'm going, look, and talking to the young man but like he's got that presence, that charisma, that awareness that you want to see in someone who's being considered to be the number one overall pick. Okay? You, you just do. He weighed in, he was yesterday, he was 6'3, 213. He's, he's a slenderly built guy. You don't, you don't, you wouldn't even think he's 213 pounds. You would think, you know, he could easily probably put on 10, 15 pounds as his body matures and all. So he's going to get bigger and stronger. He's just really, to me, he's the total package. Now, What's interesting about this debate that's going on now between him and Bryce is every single – I'm standing down here in Alabama's facility right now as this, you know, things get ramped up down here. Every single person will tell you – and you've seen him. If you made Bryce 6'2", if he was 6'2", 213, 6'3", 213 many people believe there wouldn't even be a discussion okay. about who the number one quarterback is. And that's really where the rub is. That's where the debate is. That's where the discussion really centers. Do you want the bigger guy? who quite honestly can do a lot of the things that the smaller guy can do, not everything that he can do, but a lot, but many of the things. and should be a great pro. Or do you want the smaller guy who is just absolutely freaking electric, but you may worry about his availability over a 10, 15 year career.
4: All right. So I'll make you the GM. You're Carolina. You're on the clock. Could you make a choice right now, even though you haven't seen Bryce Young do his pro date?
0: You know, I'll tell you what I, I, another great question. I look forward to standing next to Bryce. I want to see him. I want to feel his presence. I want to feel what he feels like standing next to him. having been a player like I have a good sense of guys who like to me really like if it worries me or if it doesn't like standing next to c j Stroud, i mean this guy's a typical quarterback he he's got a typical nFL quarterback build. I want to feel what Bryce feels like standing next to him if that makes sense and just kind of sense what his what his body structure looks like and how big you I just want to see that kind of thing. After that, look, I already believed that I would take CJ Stroud after everything that I've learned and everything that I've watched and what I believe you know leads to longevity at that position from a from a body structure standpoint. But it's hard it's hard to it's hard to go against the young man. What
4: questions are you allowed to ask on these pro days when you're around these players?
0: You know you really kind of keep it um, surface level okay. when you're when you're talking about from a media perspective, all right. So from a personnel perspective, a lot of the questions have already been asked of these guys. The scouts, the personnel directors, the GMs, you know, they've been into the schools. They have seen him at the combine. They have talked to all kinds of people who are close to them to where they are able to gather the kind of information that they really need now there's still more fact finding that they're gonna that they're gonna you know go on as far as trying to make sure that they've crossed every t dotted every i but by and large a lot of the information's already been gathered the longer this process goes quite honestly then is when people start to make mistakes because you start overthinking (laughs) the data yes right yes And, and and you know what else happens at this time of year A lot of people start getting into the decision-making process that quite obviously weren't in it from the very beginning, and then they start throwing curveballs at it, and next thing you know, the people who have been in it from the beginning who thought they had a good idea feel like, oh, damn, I don't even know what I know anymore.
4: Well, that's why now
0: now I'm second-guessing myself. But, Lewis, I
4: I don't know how I would feel if I'm the coach or GM of the Panthers and David Tepper is there. So the owner is there. I don't want my owner involved in this. My owner became a billionaire not making football decisions. In business, yeah. this is where you have to let the people you hired, but David Tepper is going to be involved in this decision how would oh, yeah, you he is. how would you handle that if you were the g m how would you handle that of uh, I yeah david we yeah he's he's a really good
0: player um
7: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i I think he what's funny is I ate breakfast next to David Tepper this morning you're staying in the same hotel, so uh he um I think you'd handle it like this. Look, I think guys who have made uh fortunes for themselves like he has, obviously have very, very brilliant, sharp minds. They have a great sense about about business, about setting goals, about people and, and surrounding themselves with people who are smart and people who have leadership qualities and who are intrinsically motivated and also I would want to lean on that kind of expertise from an owner in that regard. When it came when it comes to You know, a quarterback's movement in the pocket, whether or not you know operating out of the gun or the pistol or under center, I would be like, "Hey, why don't you leave that stuff to us? Okay, (laughs) okay, we'll 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 handle that." You know, but but as far as the personality evaluation, yeah, I I think there's there's without a doubt there's something that owners can definitely provide in that regard. And and quite honestly, at the end, you know, at the end of the day, it's his team, so. Mm. I don't I don't I don't mind it. Yeah, but it's your or,
4: job. Your your job's at stake too off this pick. He doesn't know, get fired.
0: That's true. And I, and I think that's where like I'm I'm big on relationships and big on communication and I think that's something that in in the beginning when you're maybe interviewing for one of these jobs and you're a prospective GM and you're gonna take the job, you say, Hey, look, when we have these kind of decisions inevitably come up, I hope you will give me your word that you'll lean on my expertise for the things that you're hiring me for and not have me sitting here second-guessing myself and or changing my opinions because I'm trying to appease you because then things get all screwed up. Then I'm not really doing my job, so don't even hire me if you're going to do that to me. And I think those are the kind of things that you need to be honest about.
4: Talking to Lewis Riddick, he's at Bryce Young's Pro Day, the former player, ESPN NFL analyst. What could Bryce Young do today that mm-hmm. would secure being the number one overall pick in the draft?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it makes a difference, Dan. I mean, you, people, well, he, he's going he's gonna to tear it up out here. I mean, he's in shorts. He's going to be throwing to guys who he's already throwing to. He knows what throws he's going to do. He knows what it's going to feel like. He's, he's a big game hunter anyway. He's been in these kind of situations before. I mean, throwing in front of scouts, is, he's throwing in front of 90, 100,000 people. It's not going to matter to him. So I don't think there's anything he can really do. What this is really, this is just another box-checking Uh, you know, scenario for scouts and GMs to kind of say, well, we've covered all of our bases. Because, I mean, the further you get away from playing the games, again, that's where you start making mistakes in terms of your evaluation. Go back to the tape. Go back to the character assessment. Go back to the football and personal character assessment. Go back to the medical. Use all that stuff then to arrive at at a decision that best fits your football team relative to what you can offer the young man. This, this pro day really is just confirmation. It's really just, again, checking off a box, making yourself feel better about probably a decision that you're probably well down the road to already making anyway.
4: I don't know if this player was on Aaron Rodgers' list, but what did you think of the Jets picking up McCall Hardman and trading away Elijah Moore?
0: I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I, I am I'm, too. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of disappointed, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved how electric he is. saw him in training camp last year. Um, before we did their money night game in the preseason. What do we not know about Very this
4: situation? Because if I'm I Aaron Rodgers, I, I want him. I McCole Hardman can run fast. Uh, yeah. Elijah Moore can make plays.
0: Yeah, he sure can. I, I think there's there's a couple there's probably a couple layers to it. I mean that, it sounds like from the you know, from the details of the trade that they were able to pick up a, a higher draft pick as well. I think they were able to acquire a two uh by trading him away. And McCole, you're right. McColl and him are not really the same player. They don't have the same skill set, for sure. I agree with you, a thousand percent. Yeah, I think this is all part of a bigger picture, all part of a bigger plan, so to make sure that they have the right assets to try and acquire Aaron. Because it's that—that—that's the more interesting thing to me, Dan. It's like exactly what does this, what does a trade parameters for Aaron Rodgers actually look like? Like, what is? Now, there's some people who believe like the Jets shouldn't do anything because the Packers have to trade them. Because if they don't, it just cripples them salary cap-wise. So why should the Jets be sweating trying to offer them all kinds of stuff to make them happy while at the same time people, there are some people who say, well, Green Bay doesn't have to do anything either because the Jets don't have a plan B without Aaron Rodgers. So it's it's an interesting stare down between these two to, you know, to figure out which one's going to really wind up winning this deal. Because both teams have an argument to say, hey, look, we don't have to do anything. Well, we don't have to do anything either. <laughs> It's it's kind of interesting, and at the same you know while we sit there on the airways and talk about it day after day.
4: Oh, I know, I know. I feel for you guys because I talk (laughs) about it, you know, only when I want to talk about it, not when I'm told to talk about it. I hear you. Yes. Hey, uh, talk about the Cowboys today. What are we talking about? Um, I I don't know. uh, Make something up. Keep fighting a yeah. good fight there, and do it in yeah. a real subtle way. When you walk up to stand next to Bryce Young, that he doesn't yeah. realize that you're measuring you're yourself. Up sizing
0: him up. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. I will. I, I won't. I won't give him the up and down. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll try not to. Although I know I'll be doing it though. Hey, have fun. Uh, great to
4: talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Of course, man. Thanks. And that's Lewis Riddick, the mothership. He's at Bryce Young's pro day, and that starts in about 15 minutes. I'd be walking up to him. I would take off my hokas, and I'd walk up to him, and I'd just, you know. Like, you know, if I met Kenny Pickett and I shook his hand, I'd be like, you know, I'd hold on to the hand for a little while longer.
1: Yeah, Paul. Would you bring a scale? Would you just put it out of your
5: backpack? There's a scale. (laughs) Go ahead, Bryce. Jump on. Yeah, Marv. Would you do something like shake Kenny Pickett's hand and go,
7: huh? (laughs) That's so
5: disrespectful. (laughs) It's that, huh? Huh.
4: (laughs) Yeah. No, you'd, you'd shake his hand, and then you you just go, yeah, okay. Yeah, see, healthy. <laughs> God, that was such a big deal, his hand size. I was like, Joe Burrow doesn't have big hands. He can be my quarterback any day. There are guys who have big hands who can't play quarterback. <laughs> this is where you talk yourself into something, and you talk yourself out of something. You have people that you employ – who worked the entire year to get the information to you. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in power tripping and gives you a curveball, and all that information, all that work, all that study goes out the window. And I always go back to the Cowboys. Of course I like picking on Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. He wanted to get involved and he wanted Johnny Manziel. And he had to have some people who, you know, Got involved in it and said, no, 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 we don't we don't need Johnny Mansell. And made the right decision. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to uh, your phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio
5: app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off.
4: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code Show for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is
2: yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, A lot. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
4: Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. By the way, if you're a fan of Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble, my podcast with Bad Larry, Shea and Irving, and Dylan the Graphics Guy, we have a new episode that's going to drop Later on today, after the show, we'll tape that with the boys, all the things that they're betting on, from golf to cornhole. uh, Let's see, rugby, I think it's been in there. uh, Lacrosse, Formula One, March Madness as well. (laughs) All of that. Yes, Marv? What do you think Bad Larry will be today? Bad Larry's always somewhere driving. Uh, He refuses to come into the studio, and Shea and Irving wants a piece of him. Uh, I maybe in a variety of ways he wants to go out drinking with him, and uh, I think he wants to rough him up a little bit there. But Shea and Irving will be here with Dylan, the graphics guy. and Bad Larry will be somewhere in the United States, and yes, his nickname is Bad Larry. You get off the uh, the uh, exit uh, where he lives, and he said if you ask anybody where Bad Larry lives, they'll tell you. And there's like,
1: like there's, Bad Blank. Uh, like what? Oh, oh well, he, How is it? How is it earned?
4: I don't know if it's because he's not a bad guy. He's just bad, lair. That bad things happen when he's around. No, I don't know. I I can ask him today how he how he got that nickname of bad, lair. Well, if he's bad at gambling,
6: well, he's pretty good at gambling because oh, okay. he hasn't had a job in fifteen years. Wow. Bad at bad at gambling, Larry doesn't have a good.
4: No, no, no. It. It's it's not. It, not good. Yeah. Yes, Todd.
8: Like badass because he takes these risks and chances or something? Uh, like
4: that? I would never, I don't think I would describe him as badass. I mean, he's just bad Larry. I don't know.
6: What What if there was once a good Larry and he's mm. a bad Larry, but bad Larry got rid of good Larry, if you know what I mean? Oh. Mm. Who are you talking about? Bad Larry? Good Larry or bad Larry? Well, good Larry, it's not been seen in 15 <laughs> years. Mm. Rubbed him out. My, mysteriously. Vanish. We are talking about New Jersey. Yes, it is.
4: Yes, the swamps of Jersey. What happened to Good Lair? Yes, Paul.
1: It's wild how people can get a nickname, and you've known this guy for decades, and you don't know the origin. But like, or they stick with you from childhood. I went to grade school with a kid, and in seventh grade, his name was Harold. He uh, he made the basket for our own team. Like he went the the wrong way with the basketball off the tip and scored. Yeah. And his name became Wrong Way Harold. (laughs) For all of grade school, and to the point where you'd be at a party, let's say you went to a different high school. Wrong way! Like you see him walking to the party. And wrong way became <laughs> just a nickname, and people wouldn't even ask what it's from. That's tough.
4: I'll ask today, that'll be the first question I ask. Badlair, how did you come up with a nickname, or who gave it to you? He's always the life of the party, uh, but I don't know why he would be bad Lair. But uh, that'll be coming up later on today. And also the 1215 podcast, The Backroom Guys, that's on Friday right after the show, that they uh, record that. They do a great job with that. Some phone calls here. Uh, Dennis in Long Beach. Hi, Dennis. What's on your mind?
5: Good morning, Dan and Dan X. Uh, This is actually an idea for my brother, so I have to give him credit. Mm -hmm. Regarding the pitch count clock, there's a uh, concern that in, in the playoffs or something that The clock will decide a game. Every kid dreams the uh, bottom of the ninth, seventh inning, 3-2 pitch, and all of a sudden the pitcher gets the strikeout because of the pitch clock. Um, So the idea is that each coach gets a challenge for the batter and one for the pitcher they can use whenever the game or a do-over. So if, uh, say, Shohei has called for too much time out of the box, the manager can come out and say, nope, we're going to take this one away, and they get it. It's done for the game. But they only get the one for each.
4: All right. Well, thank you, Dennis. You know, these challenges, like I don't need more challenges. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with things. Like roughing the passer, we can challenge that. I, I'm okay with challenging something like that. It, it just, it feels like, you know, here's a challenge flag, and then here's it, you've got X number of challenges. And then if you get your challenge correct, then you keep a challenge. Like, just get the call right. I don't know if we need to do challenges.
6: Yes, yeah, because then the thing that gets well, you can only use it during this period of the game, and yeah. then if you do, you lose it or you get to keep it, but you only get the one, and then you hmm. the parameters around it. Yeah, I know, I know. Matt in Nebraska. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind today?
7: Good morning, Dan. Hey, I got uh, three things for you. Number one, Todd, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. So don't let the boys <laughs> tear you down anymore. I
8: appreciate that. Uh, Thank number you very much. two, <laughs>
7: You're, you're very welcome, Todd. I can't believe I got a response from you. That makes my day. Mm. Number two is that last hour's poll question. I'd like to weigh in on that. Okay. Imagine it's the 92-93 basketball season, and I'm selected to be the ball boy, one of the ball boys for the Platte Community College Raiders in Columbus, Nebraska. First game, I show up, and a little bit of backstory. Back in those days, uh, my mom used to shop in the Husky section for me. And so I show up to the game, and I'm jazzed because I get to be on the bench with the players, and I get to help them with the shoot-around. And when I show up, the players start making fun of me, calling me fat, chub, pudge. And at that point, I said, being a ball boy sucks. So in the second half, I openly rooted for the other team while I was on the bench, and thankfully the Raiders lost that game. Uh, Never went back. So my answer is the ball boy would be the worst. Okay. And thirdly, I would just like to end my call with uh, Suck It, poly.
4: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Todd.
8: I remember growing up, there was a, a place where you'd get your jeans, and it was, there was the slim and the husky section. And big letters would say whatever the size was, and you are either in the slim or the husky. And then imagine you're with your mom or your parents, and you're going shopping, and that girl that you think is cute in third grade's going shopping, too. Come over here, honey. we got to try on these huskies. It was just extremely embarrassing. Not to mention that. No, wait, wait, wait. Did it happen? It did happen. That- Lori Greenblatt and her mom were there, and they saw me trying on the Husky jeans. Not to mention the fact that there was just like a little string and a, like a napkin basically was the changing room where you're basically, here's my tidy whities Check me out, Lori. Very embarrassing. No privacy, and you're putting on the Huskies for everyone to see your... Uh-
4: Do you think that she needed the, uh, the acknowledgement that you were buying Husky jeans to know that you were Husky? I wasn't. And you think that she was actually walking by trying to peep in and see you changing?
8: I'm not saying that. All I know is I had a big crush on her, and she was close enough to be able to peek in if she wanted to. And my mom, of course, was very loud. And she's like, instead of just grabbing me a pair of jeans to try on, she's like, yeah, try on these huskies. The other ones aren't the right color or whatever. I
4: I don't know if if, uh, Lori would be like, gosh, you
6: know, I wonder if Todd is a husky. Um, I don't know why mom felt the need to address it as Husky. It's like, hey, try on these jeans. Exactly. Would be okay. Is your mom sending you a message by
4: saying, hey, oh, Chubbs, here's a Husky?
8: I don't know why, but she, she'd be the same person that would, like, let me have an extra Big Mac or an extra... You know, Thing of onion rings at Burger King, so you can't call Wait, me Husky but and keep you were, feeding me.
4: Your mom also didn't let people see you when you were a baby
6: because your dad said that you were ugly. I was
8: big oogs, right? I was yeah. sleeping. I was always taking a nap. You wouldn't flip me over so you could see my ugly baby face.
6: Yes, uh, I got two quick things here. Okay. Uh, one, Matt suggesting that bad Larry might be bad gas Larry. I can't disprove that. Mm. could be bad gas. Mm-hmm. Um, Paula writes in, though, Chapter 5000 in Misunderstanding Brooklyn Fritzy. Uh, it's not negativity about ball girls or ball boys' jobs. He's projecting his own fear of being yelled at by Paul and Dan on them if they don't, if he doesn't do the job perfectly. Interesting. You've scarred him. So his negative poke, what Paul is suggesting is that his like, oh, the ball boys are going to get wrong. What if they don't throw the ball back exactly perfectly? Is actually his nerves about being yelled at by you and Paul. All right. How about we go to Paulie here?
1: I, I did get an email about 20 minutes ago from a clinical psychologist who works at a major university,
4: Dan. Okay.
1: And he said out years of listening to his show, he could dumb it down or summarize it like this. He was any problem, any fears that Fritzy has of trying things or doing things and the downside of it goes back to his childhood. He goes, and probably, he goes, guessing from listening to the show years from now, that his mom would instill fear in him that don't try anything, don't do anything, the world is dangerous, stay home, protect yourself, avoid situations, avoid danger, and that has carried on until his 50s. That would the psychologist's expert opinion.
8: That's not but, altogether wrong. So
1: don't try things because of the downside. Well, you don't try things. You're very, very conservative.
8: I am more cautious than I would like to be. There are, there are there are experiences that I haven't had that would probably be fun, but it's like my wife wanted to go and we were in Hawaii on one of these helicopter rides, and I'm like, I'm not crashing into a volcano. And just to see a, a pretty view, I'll <laughs> just you could take a picture and let me know how it went.
4: How often do you think they crash into hel- uh, volcanoes?
8: But that's the thing. My luck, I'll be the one. 10,000 mm. 10, times, it's fine. I'm like, all right, fine. You convince me. Let's go over the, you know, Whatever it is, and then there it goes.
4: Okay. Did I scar you, or did your childhood scar you?
8: Um, definitely the childhood. You know, because just there's just been many instances growing up where there would be a reason, like, you had to pass the deep water test in camp to use the pool. And to this day, I could not barely swim. And because I didn't pass the deep water test, I just avoided the pool. And I would only go to the day camp when they were playing sports or going to a movie or going to the bowling alley or, or the skating rink or something. Like
4: that. Did your mom warn you about everything?
8: She Did would, she scare you? She would rush us to the doctor's office for the slightest cough. I would have to go see if I had strep okay. throat, if I cleared my throat the wrong way in the middle of the night.
4: All right. So you lived in fear.
8: There was some fear there. No, but there's different kinds of fear. There's fear. People are in fear of getting, you know. But I'm always encouraging
4: you to do things. Yes. So, so I, I don't know if I've scarred you. And Paulie's always pushing you to do things.
8: I think it's a perfectionist thing on my end. And then anything short of praise and being told how wonderful I am doesn't sit well with me, <laughs> which I'm sure you're shocked to hear that. All the teachers would be like, oh, you're a great student, and the parent-teacher conferences, and hundreds, and A, and all that and stuff. And then as soon as I said, like, you know, this wasn't the greatest paper I've ever written, I'm like, devastated. I'm not going to write a paper ever again then. Okay. There you go. Okay. But you. there are issues there. Oh, no, I know that. And, uh, I know that. And no amount of meds necessarily puts it all in balance. So you've got to move on and just rise above. Yes,
5: Marv. Has Fritzy ever been to therapy?
8: I spoke with someone briefly for, I'd say, a couple of months or so, and then. Uh, <laughs> what did she look like? No, it was, it was a, it was a, it was first it was a guy, and then all of a sudden he transferred me. Maybe he was sick of me, and he he was losing his mind listening to me. Then there was a woman involved over like a three-four month period. Tried a couple of meds and everything, and then I got things back on track as far as worry and panic, anxiety attacks. I went through some stuff.
4: Oh, so you're back on track.
8: This is back on track. Oh, this is back if on I'm track. If I'm not profusely sweating right now and shaking and feeling like I'm going to pass out, then I'm way ahead of the game. Because right. there was a little period there where, you know, if, if you've ever had a panic attack and you start feeling like you're going to go out, that's not a good experience. So there you go. Thank you. I'm an open book. All right. Uh, Anxiety uh, attacks, not fun.
4: Jason in Laguna Beach. Hi, Jason. What's on your mind?
0: Good morning, guys. Um, I used to be a salesman for 12 years, and I kind of would think about the future. I want you guys to think about the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And uh, I had a pitch for you. You can take some of that cell gate moonshine and call it Jenny
3: Batch.
4: Oh, okay. Jenny Batch for Jenny Batchy. Oh, too soon. Yeah, way too soon. Way too soon.
6: Now, I'm scarred by that. It's like the uh, batch we were going to do for Christmas last year, but it's kind of the one that got away. Ah. That was the Jenny Batch. Yeah. Wow. Oh.
4: <laughs> I feel bad for her from the standpoint of, well, she didn't get to marry me. But also, well, one yes, but people must come up to her and say, oh, did you hear what Dan Patrick was saying about you? And then she's probably going, again. So I'm just trying to
6: live
1: my life. Yes. I'm
6: happily married. Yes. Have you heard
1: anything? Have you heard, anything? She? Have you heard she? anything from no, people?
6: No, I have not. Oh.
1: No, I've, I've hesitated to reach out because I want to get your blessing to do so.
4: I'd prefer that we didn't.
1: Prefer. is no, not I, the word you want to give me.
4: I, um, I'm um, i telling you that I don't want you to. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not.
1: So I'm probably going to. No, that.
4: she she has her own life and she's, I, I hope, happily
6: married. Well, I mean, you've moved on and she's moved on. So
3: it's water <laughs> under the bridge. I
6: haven't, but I hope that she has it's about
4: content that's all it's really it's, it's just King. about content
5: yes marv have you spoken to a therapist about this oh who needs therapy more fritzy in his childhood or you and jenny batchy
4: no jenny batchy was just uh that was a crush that was all that that you know it was. It, it, it's not like it's that that haunts me <laughs> it doesn't it's more for the story that i was saying that i i whiffed i didn't go to prom with her because i was too shy And that's where somebody else stepped in and, you know.
1: Kefley, say the name. Jay Kefley. Kefley. If you own it, you say his name.
4: No, I have no problem with Jay Kefley. I don't blame him. Jenny Batchy was gorgeous. Of course she was. But she was cheerleading for me when I was out there killing Springboro and Clinton Massey. Where was Jay Kefley? He wasn't good enough to play basketball. Yeah. Okay. All right. Come on now. Who, who?
6: He was out talking to girls. Yeah. <laughs> he was going on dates. He was out in the parking lot making out with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Listen <laughs> yeah. a slow ride. Yeah. While I'm hitting jumpers right in people's faces. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. He said, I bang too. Whoa. Whoa.
4: Whoa. 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. You're doing How damage. How about we take a break here? <laughs> take a break. We'll come back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio radio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders
6: podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine
5: all happening in only one place. This league uncut the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to
2: This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein
5: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. And Monopoly Go...
4: To get Miller Light delivered right to your door, visit millerlight.com/patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ninety-six calories per twelve ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Light. <laughs> Trying to cheer up Fritzy a little bit. Oats. I can't go for that. Mm, no
8: okay. can do. <laughs> They're just
4: the best. They wrote some hits, man. Great sing-along music. Wrote some hits. Get some more phone calls this day in sports history. Basketball coming up uh, today and tonight. Uh, Clark Kellogg from CBS will join us on the program tomorrow. Jason joins us from Texas. Good morning, Jason. What's on your mind today?
3: Hey, Dan. Six foot, 220. (laughs) Talking about Fritzy here. I feel like since... This is a sports show, we should have walk up songs. And I feel like the perfect song for Fritzy is Alanis set Isn't it ironic? Because he feels that everything's going to go wrong. So if Macro uh, Micro Hanmar can put that on his uh cookout rotation, mm-hmm. it'd be great.
4: All right. Thank you, Kenny. Walk up songs.
3: A little too
4: yeah, I don't think you'd have Alanis Morissette. It's a little
8: jolting, now batting, the first baseman, Todd. Frick. It's like, I don't know if people are ready for that.
6: Okay, I know. Alanis Morissette. No, no, I him. know. I got it. I got it. If Todd had changed the lyrics to that song, though, it would be pretty funny because it would just be all of his fears. You know, it's like, it's like go during the sun. <laughs> there's no tuna fish. <laughs> no, one And you're bagel- allergic to wheat. Yeah. It's a brand new pair of jeans,
8: but you're a husky size. <laughs> Laurie Greenblatt's there, but you see that that you're jabby.
4: And you actually thought And that why is
8: my mom taking
6: my temperature?
4: Rectally. At in, 15 years
1: in of age. Grade. What rhymes with rectally? Uh, uh, a <laughs>
8: freshman in high school, and he still gets the thermometer that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Uh. Uh. Oh, Vaseline. That oh, hurts yeah. oh, no, no. no, no, no.
4: Second verse. It, all right. Pretty freaking
8: painful, uh, don't yeah. you think?
4: Okay. Uh, John in Illinois. Hi, John. What's on your mind today?
8: Morning, Dan. 510 179.
3: I got a stat of the day.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, Mari, do you want to hit some music here.
3: since 1984 there have been 57 helicopter fatalities in the Hawaiian islands averaging 1 to 2 per year.
4: Pretty was dead on. Thank you. Well, not dead on. Yeah, but how many helicopter you know actual flights were there? Like hundreds a day.
8: Still a lot one or two a year and if none have happened and we were there in december like wow we're definitely due for one or two there's only one month left
4: you get on planes all the time you I get do. in your car every day you
8: can you can get run over you know just crossing the street there's all kinds of things all of a sudden you just pass out and you don't get thank up. you
4: Tom. you should just stay home just D- gotta
8: hide under the bed kenny in
4: la hi kenny hey danny uh calling
3: 1974 I wrote a letter to the legendary Laker owner, Jack Kent Cook, telling him how much I love the Lakers like you. Uh, I grew up idolizing Jerry West, uh, got to see him pretty regularly, and I was 12 years old at the time, and I got to be a guest ball boy for the opening game of the 74-75 season. Uh, Pat Riley approached me in the locker room, was very kind to me, very gracious. Uh, and then uh, I have a picture uh, with myself and my by me, Gail Goodrich and Stan Love, and it was a great experience. The next year, I'm out there with my cousin and uh, my, my dad, my uncle, so I'm now 13, and uh, we get there a couple hours before the game, and I got picked again. Now, that's 75-76, uh, Kareem's first year on the team. Now, uh, Kareem, uh, his reputation was appropriate. He was not the uh, most gracious guy to me as a ball boy, but overall, it was both times I just loved it. It was terrific.
4: Oh, I would love to have done it when I was growing up. I would have been out there and mop up sweat. That'd be great. be a privilege. Uh, let's see.
1: This day in sports history, Paulie. Got a few. 1952, Bill Mosienko of the Blackhawks scored the fastest hat trick in NHL history. Who wants to guess? Three goals in blank amount of time. A minute and a half. 21 seconds. What? Whoa. That's nuts. After the second one, put someone on them, yeah. the Yeah. Jeez,
8: you're killing That's me. That's just a bad goalie. Too. Bad Thank one. you,
1: Todd. Bad job out of you. <laughs> 1971, the Boston Patriots changed their name to the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. 1972, my favorite, my all-time favorite uh, this day in sports history. We do it every year. Evil Knievel broke 93 bones after successfully jumping <laughs> over 35 cars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's how it's written. Yeah. There it is. He successfully Imagine
8: if he didn't.
4: It glad, wasn't. It went, glad it
8: went well, Evil. <laughs> well, he didn't break triple-digit bones, so he kept it under 100. Sip through this.
4: Uh, let's see. On this date, uh, North Carolina beat Kansas three overtimes, and uh, Will Chamberlain was named the tournament's most outstanding player, and he played for Kansas, Then they lost. This happened. Elgin Baylor lost a title game when he was at the University of Seattle, and he was named most outstanding player in the Final Four. Uh, Wayne Gretzky breaks Gordy Howell's uh, NHL record, scoring his 802nd goal. Kale uh, Sanderson becomes the first undefeated four time NCAA champ, winning the title and finishing. He was 159 0 in his career. <laughs> um, Reggie Miller, the 13th player in NBA history to score 25,000 career points. Uh, let's see. Final results of the poll question. What do you have for me?
6: we got a bunch of them up there for you, Dan. All right, okay. Uh, let's see. Right now, the first pick of the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers will select. All of the sudden, out of nowhere, 72% said C.J. Stroud. How about that? Okay. Uh, NBA officials, their job performance, generally, uh, it's a dead heat between satisfactory and disappointing. Uh, only 4% say excellent. A solid 16% though say atrocious. Any uh, upsets tonight? I mean,
4: the point spreads are pretty close. If, if FAU beats Tennessee... That would be the big surprise. Arkansas getting four and a half against UConn. You know Todd's not rooting
6: for UConn. Because
8: I don't have a problem with UConn.
6: Huskies. Oh.
8: oh. oh. Full circle. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Big full circle. Now I get it. Yeah. They were called yeah, UConn <laughs> <laughs> Slimmies. Yeah,
4: Marvin was at me. And you don't like the University of Washington either. Nah. Nah. Okay. Nah. Hey, Husky.
8: Yeah, it brings back bad memories, but I appreciate you guys continuing to per- perpetuate it. It's nice. You brought it up. I did bring it up. Husky. That's why I'm not with Lori Greenblatt, but I love my wife, but I did have a big crush on Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to be with Lori forever until she found it. That's,
4: that's what we've learned. They say good things come to those who wait. Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time at all to set up a test drive, your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. For Husky, for Seton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly. Talk to you tomorrow.